Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined again by Joe Goodberry, two weeks in a row, former host of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Find his retired self, sometimes still creating Bengals content on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, welcome back to the show. You made the trip down to Cincinnati to watch Vegas in person. I didn't get to do it. The two of you, both of you in person at that Bengals game. I'm stuck in Canada. Joe, what was it? What was it like? You, you got the experience firsthand down in the bowl, hearing all that noise come crashing down on you from above when the Bengals won. How was it? It was awesome. Uh, even from the beginning, the, the pregame of the level of confidence everyone had, you know, it was just, it was odd. Uh, it wasn't like a waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of thing. It was, they're going to do it today. And which is always scary when you're talking about the Bengals to have that confidence. Uh, but, it felt like the Bengals controlled most of that game. It could have been way worse for the Raiders, I think. And uh, it came down to the end. The whole game was loud. Everyone was standing the entire time. Uh, and it was extremely loud and crazy and rewarding. Everyone at the end was just very, very uh, happy and hugging and, and just celebrating. And it was just everything you can imagine. Have you ever been to a Bengals game like that, Joe? Because obviously your experience and my experience much, much different on Saturday night. What uh, what was it like? Does it compare to any other matchup, any other game you've been to in the orange and black? No, I've never been to a playoff game, so right there it kind of made it different. Uh, I have been to a Week 17 game where they had to win and get in, and they ended up losing, but then the Broncos beat somebody and the Bengals got in. I think it was 2011. Um, so that was like, ah, oh, we're watching the screen, you know, and then everyone celebrates kind of thing. Definitely not the same, obviously. The playoffs is the playoffs, and – yeah, uh, 31 years. Enough said there. It's enough said indeed. We don't have to talk about 31 years anymore. Isn't that kind of cool? Speaking of things we don't have to talk about anymore, like we were referring to before the show, we don't have to talk about 31 years anymore. I mean, every now and then it'll come up when we reflect on the occasion, what, what Joe Burrow accomplished in his first full season as a Cincinnati Bengals starting quarterback. But we're moving on. The Bengals are moving on to Nashville, Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. They will be without Larry Ogunjobi, who hypothetically, technically could return for the Super Bowl, I think, given that there is that extra week between the wild card game and the Super Bowl. So three weeks would take you to a week before the Super Bowl, but seems like he is done for the year. Meanwhile, Trey Hendrickson in the concussion protocol and Joe, you saw him come over to the sideline from your seats at the game talking to the trainer because I went back and I watched and his last play was a, a normal play. He's rushing the pass where he doesn't go to the ground, doesn't hit his head weird. He was bumping heads with Colton Miller like pass rushers do, but I didn't see anything crazy. What, what did you see when he came over to the sideline? 
Yeah, bumping heads like he was going for the bull rush, right? And then kind of went inside and he stayed up. But yeah, I noticed him coming off to the side and talking to some somebody in a Bengals training looking uniform and pointing to his eyes, pointing to his head, looking very intense at that guy. Didn't think anything of it, but I did remember seeing that and then seeing your tweet a few minutes later when during the next break of the Bengals are now down two defensive linemen. And I said, and I looked out there and I saw Hendrickson wasn't out there. And I was like, ah, something happened though. Yeah, and obviously, huge loss. Real quick, one clerical thing. Larry Ogunjobi is out for the year. Super Bowl run, doesn't matter. He's out. He's done, so he's not coming back. Um, I just don't want people to hold out hope. Um, that being said, uh, Trey Hendrickson, not done. Hopefully not done this week and can get back on the field. Um, Jake, you talked about the pressure rate. Didn't Aditi Kikawala uh, tweet it out? It was like 43.5% versus 9.1%. Um, Joe, no one knows – uh, you know, film Bengals stuff. We love talking to you about all that stuff. How in the hell are the Bengals without Trey Hendrickson going to get any type of pressure on Ryan Tannehill this week on critical downs? Because we know the Derrick Henry show and all of that. But there's going to be third and longs. There's going to be third and goals. How are they going to get some heat on Tannehill if, and I hope this is just a hypothetical that never comes true, but if Trey Hendrickson isn't out there. I really don't know. Uh, it's it's scary to think about that scenario. I mean, you would need one of those. Um, it seems like Sam Hubbard seems to turn it on when he's the last man standing for whatever reason. You know, I think of like the Baltimore game, he had to really do that, and and he did. And um, the thing about Larry Ogunjobi also is he's a penetrating guy next to usually Hendrickson, and I think they work well together at a lot of times. Uh, I do like B.J. Hill as a pass rusher. Maybe that's where you get a little bit. He had two. I think that Hubbard got credit for the sack right at the goal line, but B.J. Hill did his job, too, and hit him at the same time. Uh, if anything, they should have split that. Hill ends up getting another in the fourth quarter uh, right before the big play down the middle to Darren Waller. So at this point, Hill may be their best pass rusher if they didn't have Hendrickson. Hubbard is fine, and he can do what he's got to do, but uh, it really leaves something to be desired, whether that be Cam Sample or Khaled Kareem or whoever they call up and try and plug into that spot. Uh, they really need Hendrickson. He's – I mean, I think if we were to say who was the defensive player of the year for them, it's it's Hendrickson. And even though maybe Awuzie and Reader may be better all around at their jobs, they're just not as impactful, right? Because uh, you can throw away from a corner on one end and the other guy's a nose tackle, which may be very valuable in this game. But the pass rush is where games are won and lost in, in terms of the defensive line. And uh, you need Hendrickson for that. Yeah, and he's been clutch. Like he's made big plays for them in the clutch that have swung games. And a lot of times, you know, you look at the PFF arguments for positional value, the things that impact the passer are the most important positions on the football field, according to their research and corner in their hierarchy comes before the defensive lineman. But just in reality, from the eye test perspective, when you watch a football game, when Trey Henderson gets a strip sack, that's almost a touchdown. I mean, you could do the same thing with the pick six, but Trey Hendrickson's the one making those impact plays, and, and I agree with you. He would be sorely missed. The Bengals tried a variety of things in that game, but I think that when Hendrickson went off, it kind of stunted what Lou Anarumo wanted to do. We, we saw his creativity limited a little bit, and they had to get creative just to play their base stuff at that point, and, and that's going to be the challenge this week. You know, The, the same idea as we're going to see from the Titans, a lot of stunts trying to, to scheme it up. They've done that at times this year because overall the pressure rate hasn't been fantastic, but obviously the, the best case scenario is getting Trey Hendrickson back. And, and it just has me looking ahead to this offseason. not that we're there yet. There's still playoffs to talk about, but thinking pass rusher 
in, in a big way. But the the other thing, and it's in your name here. If you're watching on YouTube, Joe's Joe's named himself Let Joe Cook today, as as he's entered our uh, our podcasting space. And that that's the thing that occurs to me is maybe you can't get pressure on Tannehill. Maybe DJ Reader, your nose tackle, isn't enough to deal with Derrick Henry and the Titans who run it the most out of any team in the NFL on second down, because I was looking, the Bengals run it the second least on second down in the last five weeks or so. The Titans run it nearly twice as much, like 27 to 52% is the Bengals to the Titans respectively. So the Titans are going to run the ball a lot and they have Julio Jones and AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill is an efficient quarterback in that offense. And so maybe what it's going to be is, they got to let Joe cook. Maybe it's going to be a first to 40 wins kind of game. We'll talk about that aspect of the game and what the Bengals will need to do to hang with and beat the Tennessee Titans coming up next. The Bengals are underdogs this week in Nashville, but if you're listening to this podcast, you probably think they have at least a, a, a puncher shot, maybe a good shot, especially if they let Joe cook, you can wager on them right now. BetOnline.ag. Use promo code. Oh, promo code locked on, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Almost said the wrong promo code. Lock 15 is built bars. And I know a lot of you guys are sick of me talking about built bars, but uh, this is not time for that. So let's, uh, again, if you're going to bet on Bet Online or if you're going to bet on any of these games coming up, make sure you go to betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from football to the NBA to. Well, let's say you think that the Bengals are going to make a Super Bowl run and play at SoFi Stadium when it's all said and done at the end of the year. Bet online is where you should go. Again, use promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, where the game starts. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy, it's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. So James, let Joe Cook game? What do you think? Yeah, it needs to be. I mean, if, they, if they're going to have a shot at, at doing what, you know, I think they have a shot at doing for what, what it's worth. This is you know, before the Raiders game, we said, all right, well, what's the best case scenario? And I said the Raiders, and it worked. And it felt like they should have won, like like Goodberry said, by a lot in that game. And they had to settle for field goals, and it wasn't as close as the final score. Well, best case scenario this week, it's probably Tennessee. It's a short drive, four hours for Cincinnatians that are going down, right? And uh, I think that not only do you have the quarterback advantage, but you have real advantages Uh on the outside, your weapons versus their defense, even though they're better than the the week eight performance we saw last year, Burrow's best performance as a rookie when the Bengals beat the Titans 31-20. I think it's a similar game, though, where it's going to be Burrow drop back. This might be a 50-pass 50, 50 game, right, or 45 passes for Joe Burrow, something like that, and, and hopefully he completes 76% of them. Because if he does that, uh, I think you got a shot for sure. Yeah, I agree. I it, watching the last game over again. You know, it's kind of weird when you're at, in the stadium and 
you're watching it. Maybe it's different for your perspective. You've gotten used to it, James. But when I'm there, I don't always take everything in. So I've rewatched the game twice. And today I watched it again. And I thought, you know, I at the game, I thought they ran it too much. And then when I watched it in hindsight and, you know, without the emotion in it, I think I, I thought they picked their spots pretty well. And I thought the the toss crack stuff, uh, trying to get Max Crosby to give, some, give him something extra to think about, hit him a little bit more. Tyler Boyd had a few good hits on Max Crosby. Uh, I thought they the game plan was to let Burrow cook, but they ran into a few issues, especially in the second half where uh, they couldn't pick up a protection. I thought the one that came right up the middle on the stunt uh, just just got them right. That's rock versus scissors, and they lost on that one. And or in uh, same thing, right? Kicking field goals in the red zone. We've had a few games this year where it's been like, all right, why are these runs? Jake and I message each other after the game. Why are you running it here in this scenario? Uh, that's where I feel like if, if Joe's going to cook, he needs to be in the red zone this week because the Bengals just aren't a consistent enough running team to grind out four yards here, five yards here. It's either five or nothing right now, it feels like, right? Uh, and, and I know that's not the case. They, I think Mixon in the second half, John Sheeran tweeted out he had a 47%, 43% success rate, which you'll take every day. Uh, but it's just not consistent enough. And, and I think when they get into the red zone, you want to run the ball. You want to make manageable situations because you can't stretch the field in those in those scenarios. Obviously, you only got 20 yards to work with, if not less. Uh, I think you need to get a little bit more creative, figure out how to get these guys involved. We haven't seen a fade in a while. We haven't seen really bunching these guys up and, and, and trying to get um, T. Higgins over the middle or Tyler Boyd over the middle. It seems like everything right now is, all right, Burrow drop back and see if you can hit one of these jerk routes on the outside with, with Chase, or maybe we can get um, uh, T Higgins or Boyd to the back pylon. And I just think defenses are sitting on that. So I, I'm hoping to see a little new wrinkle in the red zone with Burrow and, and the offense, obviously. I feel like some of that's the opposition, right? The, these are teams that major, I think, in cover three in the red zone or, or, or cover one Manning up in the red zone. The, I, I don't think they've really for a few weeks now, cause it was Baltimore, Kansas city and, and, the Raiders, they haven't really faced a team that loves to live in too high in that time, a little bit more exotic with the the tight or with the, the Ravens and, and the Chiefs and a little bit more. We're going to play cover three. We're going to rotate out of too high into cover three and we're going to try to trick because I think they did get Burrow a couple of times mm-hmm. with the way they rotated their safeties. But Tennessee does a little bit of everything, a lot like the Bengals do a little bit of everything on defense and Mike Vrabel a fantastic defensive coach last year, notwithstanding when their defense disintegrated for some, I I know they had pass rush issues, but this year, a little bit of a different story. They have a pass rush. A lot of it's been manufactured. I was talking to Mike. We'll talk to him tomorrow. When we look at ways to beat the Titans, they they love to send these guys on stunts. So particularly the right side of the offensive line for the Bengals will have to be better in that area. I think that Jonah Williams and Quentin Spain have really good chemistry in handling stunts at this point, but Hakeem Adenogy, Isaiah Prince, much less experienced and have played together less. So hopefully that's a little bit cleaner this week. It's certainly going to have to be a point of emphasis because it's a point of emphasis for the Titans. But when we talk about picking your spots to run, because you have to run, obviously. You, you can't just go into a football game and drop back without running the football because then you're you're going to look like you did what against San Francisco when it took a, a miraculous effort from Joe Burrow to get the ball off under heavy duress to get them back into the game and and it's too hard you don't want to make it that hard on your quarterback sometimes you have to but if you can avoid it 
there's a place to run. You just have to be a little bit better at it. Where I take issue with it was like the second and goal from the 10. I, I don't really know. I, I know they have scored red zone runs this year, but you know, we were talking, Joe, I went back and looked and they haven't scored on a running play from the red zone for more than 10 yards out since the last time they played the Raiders. And that was uh, eight weeks ago now. So there, there's definitely room for more concepts. I'm, I'm excited for this one because we saw Burrow play a great game against the Titans last year. But Joe, what do you think the big differences are? One of them is going to be that it's in Tennessee. There's going to be a crowd. That's what really stands out to me from the start. But what else stands out to you this year? Tennessee is completely upgraded on, de- on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, last year, if you remember, they could not get a pass rush at all. That was the game the Bengals had to insert Quentin Spain and just flop all bunch of guys around because they didn't have anyone. They, I don't think Burrow got sacked or maybe even only hit one time that game. Uh, he just was completely clean. And that was like our first glimpse of what was to come. Right. Uh, but now you look at the Titans defensive line and Harold Landry and uh, Jeffrey Simmons on the inside. Jeffrey Simmons was probably the better of the two, uh, at least ascending to that point, I think. And he's the one that can cause troubles. And I also think too, to your point, when you, do the stunts and stuff on the, on the defensive line. It not only affects the offensive line and their pickup, it, it affects your quarterback. And especially a guy that likes to move in the pocket and try and create time and buy time. Sometimes you think, okay, I've got an avenue or a path up to the right here. If I step, uh, you know, around the right tackle. Well, if you've got a Texas stunt and an end tackle stunt, a lot of times that defensive tackle is coming back the other way or someone's coming across your face that you didn't expect. So we'll see how that impacts Burrow as well. The Titans do that a lot. But all in the secondary, uh, the, they didn't have a corner last year. Remember picking on Jonathan Joseph? He ended up retiring shortly after that game. I think it was halfway through the year, wasn't it? But uh, now they've got Jack Rabbit Jenkins, who we remember from a long time ago, scouting that, you know, when the Bengals took, uh, was it Derek West Denard that year? But uh, point being is the other guy next to Kevin Byard at safety, who's a tremendous safety, Imani Hooker. Remember, we scouted him as well, Jake. Yep. Uh, he's blossomed into the player he he is now and he's a very good safety that's those are two good safeties like we like our safeties in Cincinnati that right there in the AFC man you look at the teams that are left in the of the final four all of them have good safety play and I don't think that's a coincidence you got Chiefs and Bills that's a really good point also Christian Fulton on the other side former Jamar Chase teammate at LSU Christian Fulton those two guys very familiar with one another yeah so I don't know. Where's the advantage then? Right. It's still, to me, it's still the outside and it probably will be, but it, it's not just Burrow, but do, you still like Jamar Chase against the site. You still oh, yeah. like T Higgins. By the way, some people were like, Oh, I, I think it was YouTube comments. Jake, I read some of them and normally uh, I don't, or I ignore them and I don't tell Jake Can't that do I do it. except the good ones. And someone was like, they need T to play better. And I was like, well, he actually faced a really good corner and it was his first postseason game and, and Jamar was cooking. Anyways, I still like the Bengals wide receivers and their skill players in this matchup. Yeah, there was a couple of passes right on the sideline that T couldn't get either would get his feet down or was, maybe the ball was placed just shortly out of out of his range. Right. And so I timing things first playoff game. Yeah. Who knows there? You know, plus he didn't seem like that foot bothered him at all, but he did come off a few times and Mike Thomas was replacing him and uh, and, and run blocking, which Thomas has been really good at that lately. So that, that's nice to see. The point you're making, though, and I completely agree with, James, is that you take these Bengals receivers, I don't care how good your corners are on any of these teams remaining in the playoffs, and I don't care, you know, how good they're playing. And at this point, our guys are going to win one-on-one, you feel. And the Bengals are going to keep testing that until they're proven wrong. 
And the the big difference, the the big great equalizer is Joe Burrow, who continues to play fantastic football into the playoffs. And when you think about safeties, I don't think about safety wide receiver matchups. That's just not really a thing to me. I think about safety quarterback matchups because safeties very rarely are directly dealing with the wide receivers, right? And so when I think about, you know, how does Kevin Bayard impact the game with his 90.1 PFF coverage grade, which is a lot like Jesse Bates last year with his five interceptions, six pass breakups. He's given up five touchdowns, 76.8 passer rating allowed into his coverage. I'm thinking about the the chess match there, right? The the rotations, the moving the safety with your eyes and all that stuff with Joe Burrow. And look, doubt Joe Burrow at your own peril. We'll talk Burrow and a little bit more about this matchup to wrap up the show with Joe coming up next. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and are renting it out, or maybe uh, you're trying to get paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's going to be taxed. Well, TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life for you can be easy peasy for them. They can handle all of it for you. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert that has experience for your situation and get you the help you need this tax season. So whether you launched out your own startup you're working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish so you get the deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Again, that's TurboTax.com. And you do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. So Joe Burrow, the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals happens to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill is a fine player. He's good. I, I think, honestly, as of Monday at 3.34 p.m. Pacific time as we record this, it feels like the Titans offense might get theirs this week. feels like that might be tough with Derrick Henry coming back, assuming that he's 100% with their receivers healthy with a, a sound scheme, a solid offensive line, although they have had pass blocking issues. Um, it's not really something the Bengals are set up to exploit. And we'll talk more about what the Bengals can do defensively, I'm sure, this week. But I just come back to Joe Burrow. And the the numbers weren't gaudy for Burrow. Only two touchdowns, right? Only ties the Bengals' playoff record, which is sad at two. He's ready to break that one this week. And it just seems like He's ready right now. There's nothing that's really getting him. He's not making mistakes. The the few mental mistakes, or, or even if you want to argue they weren't mental mistakes, you know, risky throws where he didn't have a good enough throw have disappeared for the last five weeks. And if he continues to play that way, it's hard. Like I said, doubt him at your own peril, man. What, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, it's just looking at the AFC as a whole, I think these are definitely the four best teams. I mean, I don't think anyone would doubt that at this point. It's pretty easy to say. But looking at the quarterbacks that are left, especially with Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow, I see similarities. You know, it's funny how close statistically and what the advanced data of Burrow and Allen have been this year with the the big play throws and then the turnover-worthy stuff. Allen's on fire. But um, 
Burrow is too. And, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes. And I, anytime you, you feel like that offense can light on fire. But it's kind of starting to feel like the Bengals are like that in a lot of ways where, you know, they if if they capitalize, if they are strong in the red zone, they score 35, if not more. Last, you know, last week, it, you really feel like that game could have got out of hand real quickly. It didn't. Uh, but you're right. I'm I said this. I was talking to the Titans podcast today and I said, I don't it's been maybe a month since Joe, Joe Burrow's thrown a pass into coverage like where I, I feel like it's going to be a turnover worthy throw, you know, a bad one, an egregious one. It, he hasn't been confused, I feel like, in, in a long time. It, it's just it's interesting now that is for all the talk we had in the midseason about the Bengals shooting themselves in the foot. They got to figure out turnovers. How is this going to happen? We don't know that it'll continue. We don't know that it w- that it should. And then it stopped all of a sudden. And now the defense is, is slowly getting theirs, getting one or two a game. And that's all you really need. That flips it maybe one or two more drives a game. It's all you really need for, to get the ball in Burrow's hands. And we all feel confident that he's on fire. And again, I feel like we have the best the Bengals have the better quarterback going into this matchup, even though Tannehill is fine in that scheme. This may be a game script game. Oh, I, and, and I think it is like, to me, the way to stop Derrick Henry without the, you know, coming up short defensive line wise, certainly on the interior, you're going to be without Ogunjobi. We'll see about Josh Tupau. You know, the Geno Atkins dream is exactly that and expecting him to come back and actually stop Derrick Henry is like, signing Adrian Peterson and saying, all right, be Derrick Henry, which the Titans did earlier this year. Anyways, um, uh, I think uh, if they can get out to an early lead, not only does it – and the Titans are going to run the ball anyway. That's just who they are. They're going to feed Henry. But it takes it away a little bit, right? Like if you're up 10 nothing, uh, it's one thing. But if you if you get out to – you know, if you're up 24-14, and I think that's what the Bengals did last year. Uh, you know, against the the Titans. And that was part of it. Obviously, they won the turnover battle. You know, Jesse Bates had a really good red zone interception. But part of it was they they never – it was wire to wire. They always had the lead. And uh, and I think if they can get out to an early lead and Burrow can get into a rhythm, that, that uh, certainly bodes well, not only for just taking the crowd out, but uh, limiting what, what Derrick Henry can do. He still might go off for 100-plus, but, you know, it's not going to be – they get off to an early lead and then they can control the clock and beat up on your worn down shorthanded defense and tee off on Joe Burrow on the other side. And Henry did go 12. Yeah. Sorry. sorry I was just going to say that <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> 18 carries for 112 yards. A lot like that Raiders game, right? Game script. The reason mm-hmm. that Josh Jacobs didn't make a bigger impact on that game is game script. Joe, go ahead. You're, you're making the same point as me. I'll let you take it. No, because I was going to hit the Josh Jacobs point right after you were on it. But you're right. And uh, that was the thing I was thinking of, too, uh, when I was watching this game again. I was like, you know, if if this is a different game a little bit here or there, maybe the Hendrickson uh, force fumble picked up by Ogunjobi doesn't happen. Maybe the Raiders stay with the run a little bit more. Um, Jacobs had two explosive runs uh, in that game at a nice screen. That one may have been called back, legal man downfield. Either way, yeah. uh, it felt dangerous when he had the ball, actually. I, I was – confident when Derek Carr had to drop back I was less confident when I saw Jacobs running and maybe that doesn't bode well for Derrick Henry and and you know trying to stop that Titans um offense but you're right he went for over 100 they also Corey Davis had a big game they don't have Corey Davis anymore insert Julio Jones this may be the first time the Titans all year very rarely been healthy at all their skill positions uh I actually don't know what to expect they they had high expectations for the Titans offense hitting that next stride by getting a Julio Jones in here. They don't have John Smith this year at tight end, but still, uh, you know, I, I look at this like 
yeah, maybe maybe we're maybe underestimating a little bit the Titans because we haven't seen them at full strength. I think that's probably a part of it, but I, I'm a little bit, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that with AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, and, and sound coaching, like that, that's a pretty solid set of weapons, even if Julio's not who he used to be, even if he's been battling injuries this year. He's still Julio Jones. He's, mm-hmm. he's maybe a slightly lesser version of himself. AJ Brown is not a lesser version of himself, and he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, James, was it James? I think it was you that mentioned taking the crowd out of it. Was that you or was that Joe? I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's big for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, as, as we'll talk about with Mike, has made veteran plentiful use of the hard count to try to figure out what he's getting pre-snap and the Bengals will do what they can, but if it's loud and it's a playoff environment, so expect it to be right. Look at what happened to the Raiders last week. It's a lot harder to get those little advantages that you can get at home when you can mm-hmm. try to get those pre-snap indicators a little bit more readily. And I'm curious since it's only a four hour drive, what's yeah. the percentage here? I know a lot of Bengals fans are going like I tweeted out cause I, once I figured out on Sunday night that it was for sure Nashville, I was like, all right, I got to get a hotel now so I don't get burned like Joe did coming to Cincinnati. Like, literally, I thought of you. I was like, man, hotel prices are going to go crazy. Let me just find one close to downtown. And uh, it was still a lot, but not what people are paying now. And um, I was like, okay. Like, I think a lot of Bengals fans are going to come for this game. So, obviously, it'll be mostly Titans fans. But is it going to be 90-10 or will it be 75-25? Because seventy five twenty five, I think is is that crazy? I don't know. I'm just guessing spe- percentage wise. I don't know if that's crazy. You know, I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of funny because they have known. They probably have had their tickets on sale for multiple weeks now since they pretty much clinched first seed, knew they'd get to buy, and always knew it'd be a divisional round first, you know, home playoff game for them this year. Yeah, uh, I would assume that. Right, that's been. I don't know for sure, but I would assume that sold out pretty quickly for them, and it's just secondary market. For Bengals fans, which means you're going to pay a premium, but I don't think that'll stop them. I think the excitement is at a pretty high level. Joe, looking at this game, how would you compare your confidence level at this point to your confidence level going into the Vegas game? And and the follow up is going to be, um, well, I'll let you answer that one first. Okay, uh, I feel good, not as good, right? I, I mean, I felt like they were going to handle the Raiders pretty well. I on this, I think on here I said 27-12, uh, James goes four field goals, and we're like, oh, we don't know how it gets there. They end up kicking four field goals. They got a touchdown somewhere in there that I didn't expect, 26-19. <laughs> but um, I feel more like a, this is a three-point game, like Vegas is on this one, and mm-hmm. it could go either way. Like I, I 27-24 type match and it, flip a coin, that's kind of how I feel. But that's – that's okay. I'll take that versus the presumed number one seed here. They're supposed to be the best team in the AFC. I don't think they are, but you know, yeah. If you feel like you got a puncher's chance, at least you feel good about it. They they did What's just your- lose to the Steelers. The the follow up question, and yeah. and this is a conversation topic for I think all of us is the the house money topic. You know, mm-hmm. it would have been devastating. I think had the Bengals not been able to pull it off against the Raiders, they did. We don't have to think about that the emotional impact of losing in the second round on the road to the one seed Titans as dogs, I would say probably wouldn't be as severe for most Bengals fans. But to me, this isn't really a a clear house money scenario because 
you know, Joe Burrow's really good. He's here. He's arrived. So, so you got the quarterback. You've got the, the quarterback on a rookie deal roster. You've invested a lot in your defense. You're relatively healthy. And, and so when you're here, you take advantage of it, right? Because look at the Ravens. The Ravens thought, oh, we're going to go to the playoffs for the next five years. We're, we're going to lock Lamar up. And then they had a practice squad roster for six games this year and couldn't get to the playoffs. And so to me, that's why it's, it's not so clear. But Joe, what do you think? You're right. The story is always like Dan Marino thought he'd always get back. He'd always be in this situation. He never gets back again. And he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, especially of that generation. Uh, there's no saying the Bengals are going to be this healthy. There's, they're not going to be this hot, right? They won the games they needed to winning three straight at the end, beating good teams. Uh, you know, I'm, throwing off that Browns game, obviously, where they didn't put their starters out there. But then you win a nice, tight playoff game against a quality team that's been hot, that won four in a row, and found a way to eke out those close games in the Raiders. Uh, they're hot. They're playing well. The quarterback's playing well. Everyone on offense is pretty much healthy uh, other than Riley Reef, and they found a way to at least uh, not let that blow up their offense. So there is no reason why they couldn't be the better team going into this matchup. We always, we, I think almost everyone would agree they have the better quarterback. And if you have that, you've got a chance. You've got a great chance to win that game. Uh, I think just one time this year, they lost a game where they had a better passer rating than the, than the opponent. If we say the Bengals are going to come out of this game with a, with a better passer rating than the Titans, they may win this game, and we should expect that. I, I don't like the house money talk because it lessens the opportunity or it doesn't really fully grasp what you have in front of you. You're, you have a chance to beat a team. It's better than going to play the Bills or the Chiefs, right? So you have a chance to beat the Titans and go to that conference championship game versus either a team that you've already beaten or a team that was a three a three seed and you knock and the AFC settles it by knocking off the top two seeds. That gives you a chance again. You know, I just look at it like don't throw away this opportunity because we think it's going to be there in the next few years. There's no guarantee it will be. Well, they've gotten the best path that you could have asked for when when we knew that they were going to not go for the one seed and they didn't really have a shot at it anyway in that final week. It was like, all right, who do you want? You want the Raiders. And then you look at the bracket and it's like, oh, man, I would much rather go to Nashville than have to go to Arrowhead. Right. And I, I so I think the house money talk, if it, especially if it was like and I'm not saying the Chiefs aren't going to win it all because they certainly could. But like the dominant Chiefs that had just come off, let's say, a 13-3, and three, it would be 13-4 and four season, and they were the one seed. I get they're going to the one seed. The Titans aren't as dominant, and they're not as prolific, and they're not as scary. So I totally agree with you. Now, would this season be a disappointment if they lose to Tennessee? No. But am I expecting them to go there and either win or have a really damn good showing because they have the better quarterback? And I'll take it a step farther, even with Derrick Henry. They have the better weapons. I think they're deep. I think they're three deep at receiver versus two. And Mixon's really good. I know he's not Henry. Um, so yeah, they might be a little shorthanded on defense. The Bengals have had great injury luck all season long to get to this point. Taking advantage of it is so crucial. And I was talking, I forget who I was talking to. Obviously, I wasn't alive for the 88 Super Bowl uh, or the 81 Super Bowl. I think it was the 81. There was no one that was thinking, oh, they're going to make this run. And then they did. And and so that's that's the thing. And I think about Super Bowls, you know, throughout there were multiple times. I thought that the Patriots weren't even like the second best team in the AFC. And they looked up because they had Brady and they were in the Super Bowl, right? That 2012 team with Chad, like, I, I don't think they were that good. Julian Edelman was playing cornerback 
in the AFC title. It was ridiculous. Okay, a cornerback, Julian Edelman. Yeah, it's true. So I think that the Bengals, they have Burrow. They have weapons. It's the ultimate makeup. It could make up for some of this other these other blemishes, including the offensive line, which is below average. And so, yeah, this isn't house money. I think if – and I don't think they think it is, by the way, which is no. – uh, it is certainly the good part about it. Like Jamar Chase says it was a sloppy game after after the win. Joe Burrow's just kind of like, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, this like, is I'm more excited at the beginning of a locked on Bengals episode or the end <laughs> or right now than Joe Burrow was after being better than any Bengals quarterback in the postseason for the past 31 years. How about that's that? uh, yeah, I, I think that's exactly true. I think that's only fans. I don't think that mentality exists at all. In the locker room, hundred percent. Think you're right. Uh, last thing I want to hit real quick because we're we're already long is the Titans might be twelve and five, and you might hear this week the Titans are the best defense the Bengals have played this year. the The Titans have played in their last seven games, the Texans twice, the Patriots, the Jaguars, the four, the 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 Steelers, and the Dolphins, and the only team I would say that's good that they faced in that time, especially on offense is the 49ers. And they had a respectable game. They beat the 49ers 20 to 17. So kudos for that game for sure. But Davis Mills had a really nice game against them in week 18. And uh, Joe Burrow is better than Davis Mills and Davis Mills. Hey, respect. He, he's come on in a big way. But when, when you hear that this is a really good Titans team and all this stuff, you know, the Titans also lost to the Jets back in week four. Titans dropped one to the Texans in week 11. And so there's some context, I think, that we need to look at when when we start to think about this team. I'm not taking anything away. They have a solid roster, great safeties, as we talked about, solid defensive line, getting good production there, solid corners. But that doesn't mean they're going to be this impenetrable wall. I, I got talked into the Kansas City defense, and I don't think I'm going to let that happen this week. And – to their credit, they did beat the Chiefs and the Bills earlier in the year. The Chiefs were finding their footing, and then Josh Allen lost his footing at the end. That's so true. interesting how that goes. But uh, right, so they're facing – Allen wasn't playing well at that time. Mahomes really wasn't at that time. This might be the best quarterback, hottest quarterback they've faced this year. So it goes both ways, right? Maybe their defense is playing well. Fine, fine. But Burrow is also hot. Yeah, really good. Uh, we should wrap up there. Joe, thanks again for joining us. Hopefully we thanks, see Joe. you in a, in a week here again as we continue a march toward a potential Super Bowl. Until next time, Bengals fans will be joined by Mike at Bengals underscore Sans Santagata to get into some film and how the Bengals can take advantage of what the Titans do on tape. Until then, day and have a good one. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 